Join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Game Week 5 of the FPL Masterclass. My name is Hader Abani. I'm your host as ever today. I'm joined by Rob Blanchett, guys. It has been a shocking, shocking week for me. I don't know why, and we'll talk about it a bit later. I had a bit of a brain fart, and I went and uh, did minus eight points. So that's three transfers. And I uh, hit under 60. And obviously, Antonio has now also been sent off. So, you know, not a good game week for me. And not, not, not a good start for me, Rob. I'll be honest with you. No, I'm just still trying to work out what the best team is. I'm still trying to work out, you know, I'm not getting you need to watch the show that, that you're on. That you're on a show about FPL. And if you followed our team, you wouldn't be doing yeah, that. Yeah, then I'd be sitting probably as high up as you are. So look, it was a it was a good game week in terms of you looked at some some big results, you know, sort of uh Manchester United players, Cristiano Ronaldo came in. So everyone that went for Cristiano Ronaldo obviously got a nice little uh nice little sort of captaincy on him as well. So he got some nice points there. We saw Bruno Fernandes get some goals as well. Mo Salah was fantastic. He got points as well. So, you know, a lot of the big sort of premium players did perform. Lukaku performed as well, Rob. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts ahead of, uh, well, after that game week and ahead of uh, game week five? Well, like I said last week, I think the actual lay of the land of FPL this year is fairly straight. So go with the bigger players, look at your premiums and also the budget players are kind of fitting into place already. So there's none of this kind of some weeks or some years, I should say, where it doesn't work because two or three premiums don't don't kind of fire. What we're seeing is the obvious happening. So in general, Haydar, you're saying about your team there. I think most people should be there or thereabouts. So when we talk about wildcards and we'll do that this week as well, um, it shouldn't be too much of a difficult question at the moment, uh, we will also kind of discuss the Ronaldo factor, the Lukaku factor, all those things that are going on. And of course, Mohamed Salah is doing what he does every year. So I think as long as you have your core in place, it's then about how clever you are on the chessboard with the more budget players who are now bringing in really big returns. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the average is pretty low, Rob, this week. I think it was about 52. Um, and I just got above that. You know, Alan's saying here, you know, he got 55 because Liverpool saved him on Sunday. Captain Salah and had Trent as well. It was a little bit of a low one, but, you know, there were some big scorers. And, you know, I'm going to bring up uh, your your team from last week. And we're sitting here and you did very, very well. Look at it, you know, so 82 points. You know, you're sitting there and you've done, you know, very well in terms of the average. Average was 57, so I was just below the average. You had your uh, your ranking as well, 170 in the top 175,000. So you're doing really, really well. But let's talk about the defenders here, Rob, because I'm looking at him now. I actually got Sanchez in as well. I think that was a uh, a good little shout there. And he's now my keeper with Martinez. That's a move that I had to make. Marcel, fantastic. I brought in Semedo, but, you know, 13 points. You've got Cancelo. So all your defense performed. And you've gone for defenders that aren't, you know, centre-backs, for example. They're all full-backs. Midfield-wise, Rob, to be honest, I mean, you're looking at that. Only Salah really performed. Um, I brought Torres in for Gundogan. Uh, I've had Dallas as well, who's sitting on the bench for me. And then this is where you really, really got your points, wasn't it? I mean, Lukaku made up at least you know nearly a, nearly a quarter of your points or a little bit more or a third of your points. And uh, you captained him. So, look, a really good game week, a really solid one. And uh, talk to us about you know why you made those selections. 
don't buy centre backs. That's the first key. Now there are years where you do have centre backs that do well. So for instance, you might get Ruben Diaz. You might get someone like Van Dijk. Someone along that ilk. Players who get man of the match performances, but let's be honest, don't really score lots of goals and certainly don't get any assists. So there's no doubt that in FPL, you've got to focus on players who are fullbacks and ideally wingbacks. So, you know, my selection there is kind of quite clear. You know, I, I went for Marcel in the end there because I looked at Samedo's figures and for the extra 0.4 million, I didn't really think that it was worth the purchase. I had the money in the bank, but I could have used it. I went for Marcel. When I looked at his attacking returns, his attacking returns at the top end of the pitch were much higher than Samedo at the moment. So I went with him and he was 4.5 million. So he did the business for me. You know, two assists. Also, I think he got three points there uh, as far as uh, being one of the men in the match. Um, and it was a great kind of return. And I'd said on the last episode that Wolves now have this run of fixtures. We will talk more about Wolves in this show. And this is the time maybe to invest in them to see if they're going to kind of climb the table with this really nice set of fixtures that they got. But also there, you've got Cresswell's in my team every year. Why? Takes all the set pieces for West Ham and West Ham score lots of set pieces. Cancelo, as I said again last week, a wandering kind of defender, plays in midfield essentially, is going to get you assists, might get you the odd goal, always going to get good performance figures. So, the, the defence is how you build your FPL team. You've got to have a surefire defence that can give you those returns. You can also see on my bench, uh, Livermento, who's uh, got six points for a clean sheet there at Southampton. He costs £4 million. There's plenty of these bargains. You just have to work it out. You just have to find a way to buy your way into markets of form. And that's always the way with FPL. Keep it simple. Look at the stats and look at the fixture list. And that will generally dictate, I would say, 90% of your decision making. Yeah, and guys, look, we're not talking about the United result yesterday, so we're not doing that. We'll do that on Sunday after the game. We'll touch on that. So we're, we're here for FPL. That's what we're going to talk about, something a bit more light, so we're not doing that. Um, but, uh, Rob, I'm having a look, and you haven't got Luke Shaw. Any reason why not? I mean, Luke Shaw's had a decent start. United aren't clean, keeping, keeping clean sheets at the moment, but, you know, he got an assist, and uh, he is a threat going forward. Luke Shaw is definitely an option, um, but he is kind of on the on the kind of brink of premium. So it, I think he's like he's only still like I think something like six million, six point one, or something like that. So it's not high figures. But when you look across the spread of my defenders, I always make sure that I maybe have a kind of top budget pick in there, maybe one or two. You know, Marcel at four point five. Is he more value at four point five than Luke Shaw at six? When Man United are not keeping clean sheets, well, yes, he is. Because he's going to be playing pretty much as a winger. He's not going to be playing as a fullback. So these are things to consider. Um, as you can see in my team, what am I missing there? I haven't got one Man United player. I've watched every Man United game. Like obviously, we just touched upon it there of what happened uh, in the Champions League. I don't think that United are playing particularly good football at the moment. Now they're scoring goals and they are at the top of the league, and those are things that matter. But when you look at the individual metrics. There's only one player who's really kind of showing it, who's got the same amount of points as Bruno Fernandes and Greenwood, but it's how you get those points. That's what's important. And we're going to mention that certain Frenchman later on in the show. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. But, you know, I sort of do want to touch on Ronaldo and Lukaku. I know you didn't bring Ronaldo in and we were saying, should we bring him in? Well, look, he proved us both wrong. Um, and look, he's had a really good start to his main night career in terms of, look, he's we know what he could do in terms of goals. I just didn't expect him to get two. I thought he might get one. He scored, obviously, yesterday. 
But you, you stuck with Romelu Lukaku, and he again, he scored as well, didn't he, against Zenit last night with a fantastic mm-hmm. header from a Aspilqueta cross. He is, he's, got, he's running into some nice fixtures. I think it's from game week seven, which is where I was thinking of using yeah. my wildcard, bringing Lukaku in. There are some lovely fixtures for Chelsea. This Chelsea side don't concede goals, and now yeah. they've got him, and he's almost the, the focal point. He's going to score. He's going to score the bulk of the goals. So uh, you keeping him in then? Is that the, the shout for you? I am. And it's also like when you look at Ronaldo, you know, Ronaldo's going to score lots of goals. I think I said it on a, on another show where I said Man United could come six this year and Ronaldo will get 30 goals. doesn't matter. You know, Ronaldo is a surefire return. He's going to get you points and goals. The issue is, do you burn all of your money on someone like Ronaldo and miss out on maybe another premium or say mid premium player that can give you the same amount of a return? So you say to Lukaku, um, Lukaku is, is also a premium striker but then when you look across the board someone like Danny Ings will give you big returns over the season Antonio obviously got um, got sent off in the previous game that was his, his worst game week but there's still plenty there that you could go for in that mid-range of like say 8 to 10 million and they will give you big returns so I don't feel that I have to burn every penny on Cristiano and that's the way to do it because I also think that Cristiano because of his age might get rotated in and out every now and then not every week but you might see just say one every five games now that's one every five games he sits on the bench and he doesn't play that's a big hole in your money or in your kind of points totals over say a month period Uh, Lukaku like you said he will play every game and I don't buy into this Lukaku doesn't score against big team sing Yes, the statistics from, statistics from his United days show that, and maybe some from his Everton days. I think he plays every game for Chelsea this season. I think he is a goal threat in every match, and I think he's going to get points pretty much every week or every other week at the bare, bare minimum. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. He's uh, he's someone I'm considering, and I need to shuffle my pack around. You know, obviously, Bruno Fernandes is score, but I need to make a really big decision. You know, is it time to take him out and go for one of those premium striking options? But that's something that we can talk about a little bit later. Rob, I do want to touch on Edward as well, Oson Edward. Mm-hmm. I came to Palace. I mean, I watched that game. I was watching it, obviously, before the United game. Uh, yeah, the fantastic little cameo scored twice uh he he's definitely an option i think i think he's a really good differential option especially with antonio out now i know palace don't score haven't scored a lot of goals yet but he looked an absolute threat him and zaha together i believe he's six and a half million rob i think he's he's definitely a sort of player that people should be looking at especially when tony's not doing very well Good value at six and a half million and obviously showed that he played a kind of small part in that palace game and looked like he's ready for it. He looks like he's ready to score goals. Um, it just depends how you put the balance out. So I think it's a, a kind of the the marker that he's at at the moment in terms of price. If you were looking to move Antonio out to bring in another player, maybe uh, put some of that money in your pocket and wait for future weeks, then fine. I think he's a good option. In my team here, you can see, obviously, Antonio was a start for me last week. And I'm going to put Antonio on the bench and risk it because... He's too good. He scores way too many points. He's top scorer in, in, the, in far as the uh, the strikers go. And he's got to have a week off. I think he'll benefit from that. That'll be good. And he'll come back a little bit fresher and a little bit sharper. And he might want to score a goal or two. So I would not be chopping and changing to bring in Edward at the moment. But I would have him on my watch list, certainly. I, would, I want to see how he starts, like when he's actually in the team. Will Palace work around him a little bit more? Will they find him a little bit more? Because let's be honest, there haven't been a great striking team over the years. Or is it actually Zaha that, that benefits most 
because of Edouard's movement up top. And Zaha's given a little bit more space in and around the number 10 position. And then it might be Zaha you go for. So it's, again, a patience game. You know, if you've got players who you've got injuries or you've got players who need to move out, fine. Edouard is a good choice. But for me, just the watch list at the moment. Yeah, I'd agree. Look, I've got to do something with Antonio. Um, I, I don't know how long he's out for. How long is he out for, Rob? Is it three games? No, one, isn't it? One, isn't it? Two, so, two yellow cards. Two yellow cards. Two he's, yellows. Getting, he's, only getting, he's getting seven days so, off. He's still training. There's nothing wrong with him. He's absolutely bench, fine. So it, really, the smart, the smart money says put him on your bench and bring him back. And the thing is, uh, what you see is classic FPL where a player is suspended and they're out for one game. And FPL coaches and managers go out and burn points for no reason because they feel they need to ch make a change. Tinker, tinker, tinker. It's not needed. Buy correctly, buy value. And we'll see with my game week five, the changes that I've made. And I have made a change. I've already done that. And I've actually executed that early because I want to take uh, advantage of a price break. And I'll explain that uh, towards the end of the show. But I'm keeping Antonio. He's way too good. He starts every game. West Ham are playing well. You know, if United, he's, they're playing United this week. He starts that game, isn't it? If he's if he's not suspended, and he's going to start all of the other games in the in the weeks to come. West Ham's fixtures look pretty good, and I think with strikers as well. I don't always lean towards whether the opponent is harder or not. I think sometimes with someone like Antonio, even if they're playing Liverpool or City or Man United, there's every chance he still scores. They might lose 4-1, but the striker is still going to get a goal or two. So I'm quite happy to keep Antonio on my bench this week. Yeah, I'll do the same. I think, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, too, he's too pivotal to take him out. And like you said, the minus four, the whatever you're going to have to hit if you're going to make another free transfer as well, it's not worth it, is it? So, Rob, before we have a look at the fixture list, I do want to touch on two players. Uh, one is Andros Townsend, who's he's, he's an interesting one because when he signed for Everton, everyone's thinking, really, what's he going to do? Mm -hmm. I actually had a little bit of a good feeling about him because I know a couple of years ago, do you remember where he was uh, He was a great little sort of, uh, had a great little burst and he had a great run of uh, a streak. But he's someone actually that's playing regularly. He, he obviously does score a couple of bangers every single, every single season. So maybe he's used all of that up, but... 5.4 million and you're looking at him Damari Gray is another one as well Rob he scored again we mentioned him last week they're nice options but what about Kovacic because you know he's at 5 million and he's playing quite regularly at the moment he scored in the last game I believe and I think he got an assist um, look is he an option in midfield I, I would kind of stick, stick clear of someone like Kovacic just because I like to go for my wingers or ones that are obviously going to offer more, more of a goal threat but you know 5 million is not a bad shout for him is it Kovacic is essential by him. He's the highest scoring midfielder for Chelsea this season. If you watch the Chelsea game, he's not playing a defensive function. He is playing as an absolute raiding number eight. This is what he's doing. So he is going to be in those areas that once upon a not so long ago, you'd have seen someone like Eden Hazard. Yeah, edge of the box, actually getting there kind of through uh, penetration, looking at the runs. Whatever he's doing at the moment, he's going to keep doing it. Yeah, he's showing that he's making that step up now in terms of his quality. Now, he can do all sorts of things. He's one of those kind of all-round midfielders that have got has got a little bit to his game. He can do a bit of six, a bit of eight, a bit of ten. But there's no doubt that, uh, that Chelsea this season are using him in a more attacking function. And that is very much reflective in his points. As I said, Chelsea's highest goal-scoring midfielder this season so far in terms of FPL points. Five 
million pound pure budget purely essential anyone who hasn't got them in their team has got him in their team this week has got a problem willock is six million at newcastle and hasn't even got a sniff yet two points two points two points and two points I binned Willock this week to bring in Kovacic and bring in and save myself £1 million in my pocket for next week. Go and buy him, everyone. See, I'm trying to ship out Dallas, to be honest, Rob, because I've been very disappointed. Why? Yeah. Tell us. Why do I want to ship out Dallas? Because I think for £5.5 there's better value out there. We spoke about Townsend, 5.4. Yeah. We spoke about Kovacic. There's more players out there. We're yep. going to give offer a better return. But the thing about Dallas, though, Rob, is that I I do think that Leeds are going to hit some form. So this is what I need to sit down and have a look and see how he's actually playing. I haven't had an opportunity really to do that. But he's one player immediately. I'm thinking if I'm going to make one substitute or one transfer this uh, game week, it's going to be Willett, uh, Sorry, it's going to be Dallas out. And then I was looking at someone like Demario Gray, but I'm not sure how much he's he's actually valued. See that for me sounds like a little bit of tinkering. That is a that is a substitution and a transfer that you just don't need to do. Look at the fixtures there: Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, and Southampton. Leeds are a raiding side; they're going to raid all four of those teams, and Dallas is going to be part of it. Now, Dallas got an assist at Old Trafford in that five-one, and got some nice points returns in a in a game where they got hammered. And Dallas is a player who's going to be a progressive, playing more as a wing-back and then into the midfield. If he's in your team, I can guarantee you I can pick four players in your squad that have probably got less returns. But you're looking at it from a slightly different angle. You're thinking, he's not working for me, so I'm going to bin him now. Sit on him. Those next four weeks are the test. You know, Does he give you returns or is that two points, two points, two points, two points? Or is he going to get, say, two assists in there, maybe even a goal from a set piece? So... Wait, I think, you know, this whole thing with Dallas, he showed last season, he was one of the top scoring players in the whole of FPL, but in, in of his game type, of, of his value. And he's still mid-range, so I don't look at him as a problem. Like, if he was worth 10 million, Haydar, I might go, yeah, do you know what? I want Sun. I want someone who's doing something around that price range. He's too cheap to kind of be too worried about it. If I was going to sell him, I would probably... Just do that transfer that I just mentioned there with the Chelsea star. You know, yeah. maybe maybe do that. But that 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 again is a kind of I, I always try that if I'm going budget for budget, I'm saving a little bit of money so I can use it the following week or the week after that. Um, no, keep Dallas. I bet you. I, I, well, I want to look at your midfield. I guarantee you. Well, I'll, tell you I'll tell you my team now. No, and yeah, I've got so my eye. It was it was it was either two. Tra- so I've had three players. That I'm thinking of transferring out. And um, so I am pretty happy with my team, really. I'm just not getting any re- any returns that I want, really, in, in sort of key games. But Tony's the Tony's one of them up front. Um, obviously, he's scored against Villa in game week three. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben Rama since I brought him in. So I brought him in in game week three. Obviously, he had great returns, 12 points in both the first and second week. Yeah, And then he's gone two and three. He is also 6.4 million. So if I did take out... Um, if I did take him out and let's say I brought in Kovacic, you know, I've got a little bit to play with in the bank. And that's what I'm thinking, you know, sort of a little later down the line. And then obviously there's Dallas as well. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's What's the rest of midfield? And then it is... Bruno. Salah, Bruno and Ferran. So my team is this. I'll tell you my team. Sanchez in goal. Yeah. Martinez is probably not going to play. Shaw, Kufal and Semedo. I'm happy yeah. with that defence. Yeah. Obviously, West Ham are playing United, so there's always that, you know, sort of what's going to happen with that fixture. Salah, Torres, Fernandez, Ben Rama, 
Ings, Antonio, Antonio, then Dallas on the bench, Simakas, and I've got Hoover on the bench as well. So, yeah, so Dallas is even on your bench. So, really, he's not massively impacting anything for you. He's just a kind of bench piece at the moment. So, I don't think that, I think, again, that's a classical way of burning transfers and burning points by you know feeling wrong about a player it doesn't work for me it feels wrong looking at those fixtures it should feel completely right to you newcastle west ham watford and southampton that's a stellar set of fixtures leeds and wolves are the two teams who've got the best set of fixtures coming up in a, in a little block of a run so they're the kind of two teams that i would be kind of leaning towards you said there about brentford and tony when you look at their run wolves liverpool west ham and chelsea well chelsea overtly defensive side they're probably not going to give up much west ham are a pretty good team we know all about liverpool and wolves can be pretty mean as well at times so that might be where you make that one transfer this week you might look at him and say right then this is where i'm going to bring in edward or someone like that that might be a better fixture for me i'll look at crystal palace's fixtures tottenham city southampton and brentford well Two of those are not very really good. The first two, but the second two might bring returns. Always project. Look over two, three, four weeks. Don't look for one week. Just kind of look forward. Be progressive. Don't make transfers just because it feels right or wrong. Yeah, guys, I do want to say, obviously, we've got the graphic on the right from Fancy Football Scout. So uh, just giving them a shout out because it's a great website. Um, but Robbie's Alan's saying over here, he's got Gal uh, Dallas too. He's planning to mm -hmm. sell Simakas and Suchek and then buy Marcel and Kovacic and yeah. uh, bank 1.6 million. You're in a good position there, Alan, for sure. Plan B is to use my wildcard this week, but I think I'd rather wait another few weeks for that. I think I'm in the same boat when it comes to the wildcard as well. Um, you know, there's a question here, Rob, saying, you know, who starts in game week five between Sissoko of Watford and Williams of Norwich? Mm. Really good. Like Sissoko is a kind of sleeper here. Like I think when you look at him, it all depends on whether Watford turn up or not. It's really difficult because Watford are a decent side. I think as well, like, uh, was that Brandon Williams AF of Norwich? Yeah, yeah. Four, four million pounds. If you wanted a kind of light for light with Simicast, and Simicast is really done now, I've put him as a, as a kind of bench and stash, and you'll see that in my game week five team. So, you know, my bench is really weak this week. But however, if I had a spare transfer, then I would probably look at Brandon Williams and Norwich. My issue with that is what I said last week, is that Norwich hemorrhage goals. Yeah, so and much. that worries me. So I'm still not seeing, you know, like Brandon's played a couple of games now. He's done okay. Um, do I think that he is going to be a big points winner at £4 million? No. But I do think as well that if you can uh, double that up with a double week transfer rather than using a, a wild card, you might be able to bring in someone like Marcel at 4.5, who's going to be maybe 4.6 next week, and and still improve your team massively in terms of points without making a huge outlay. Yeah, no, I think so as well. And um, Rob, we're going to move on to Paul Pogba. And uh, Paul Pogba. that's the title of the show, you know. Paul Pogba, 31 points from four matches. He's currently 7.8 million, which is actually staggering. I was quite surprised to see how cheap he was, Rob, when you consider what Bruno Fernandes is and, you know, even Mason Greenwood, seven and a half. So I was shocked to see Pogba so cheap. Um, and, you know, you can look at people like Mane and, Sa and Son, who are obviously a lot more expensive as well. You've got Salah as well. But uh, let's just have a look at his his statistics here because, you know, 2016-17 season, five goals, four assists. Obviously, he's playing much deeper. And then you've got the 17-18 season, six uh, six goals and 13 assists, which is, which is a very nice return. And then you're 20... 18-19 season, 13 goals and 10 assists, which was fantastic. I believe that's when Oli came in and he played further forward. 
And then 2019-20 was awful for him. I know he's injured as well. One goal and four assists. And then you've got this season where he's just absolutely flying. That should say seven, um, but he has got seven assists and that's three goals. No, that's last season, isn't it? Six. I think he's got seven this year already. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I've, that's all right. That, that was on me, not actually. Yes, that was. That was. Um, so having a look at that, Rob, and you're looking at some of those statistics there. Paul Pop has already bettered what he had last season. Yeah, he it's has. And, totally. And and it's about what is Paul Pogba. That's the question. So why is Paul Pogba in the mid-sevens? Well, it's because Manchester United for a very, very long time have played him as a number six or in a double pivot or in a much more kind of controlled midfield manner. So everyone's talked about, should he be a number 10? Is he a floating eight? Should he play on the left? These have been more hypothetical questions. They're not reflected in his fancy league's uh, statistics. So the year he got 13 goals, which is obviously going now back two or three seasons. Why was that? Because he took penalties. So that helped you. So people would buy him in at that price because he was cheap, but he took penalties. He got your goals. 13 and six is pretty good for a functional midfielder, of course. Last season, six assists. This season already, seven. Why is that? It's because of what Paul Pogba is. He's changed. He's now playing a more offensive kind of role in Manchester United's team. However, we do know that with injuries, with obviously Scott McTominay falling out of the side with the, with the knock that he's had, and the way United have set up, Jaden Sancho coming to the football club, offering someone else in a wide uh, role, is Paul Pogba going to play that close to a striker? Well, seven assists tells its own story. He played in the double pivot in the last game against Newcastle and got two assists. But those two assists came when he was playing the final 20 minutes higher up the pitch. And that is the key to FPL. And it's also the key for Manchester United to get the most out of Paul Pogba. That's my opinion. And the but, team, Rob. And they're the team. Side. And they're, they're a better forward. side when he's further up the pitch. But in terms of FPL terms, if he was going to play in a double pivot for the next 20 games, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. I wouldn't because he's just going to be in a more functional role. And those assists might absolutely hit brick walls. He's hit seven this, this now and seven's the, the record for this point in the season from any player ever. Kevin De Bruyne has not done it. Thierry Henry didn't do it. Dennis Bergkamp didn't do it. Cantona didn't do it. No one's ever done it. It's the first time ever. And that's fantastic. However, he might only get seven for the whole season. He might not get a six for, for the rest of the year. So you have to look at it like that with Paul Pogba. But is the gamble of his price under 8 million, is it worth it? I think yes. If you're going to buy one Man United player at the moment, is it Ronaldo? Well, the premium factor is an issue there. Is it going to be Bruno Fernandes? I think there might be issues there as well with the price. But it's going to be Pogba or Greenwood. They, yeah. you know, All three of them in the Manchester United midfield have exactly the same fancy league points. So it's quite unique. So I think they're kind of second, third and fourth across the whole of FPL for midfielders, uh, which is fantastic. And it shows that they're, they're spreading out that load. But then it's about price, isn't it? And this is what this show is about, is looking for the real tips. Paul Pogba, uh, you know, would I go in on at the moment? Well, you'll see in my team when we look, talk about game week five that, no, I have not bought him for these following weeks. And that is because I am not convinced he will definitely play higher up the pitch. He started there against young boys um, and then ended up playing a kind of more traditional, deeper midfield role, trying to plug gaps while Ole tried to put out fires that he set up himself. So that's an issue. So that's an issue. So, that, But if you want one Man United player and you're looking to buy into that team and you feel good about United's upcoming fixtures, which they're not that bad, then I think Paul Pogba is not a bad starting point. 
Yeah, I think it's um, I need to Rob. I need to see with Paul Pogba if he was playing off the left every week in week out, he'd be one of the first names in my team. I'm not even. I'll take Bruno out for him. That I, I think yeah. he would be when you're looking at the value as well. You know, he's nearly four million or over four million uh, pounds cheaper. He would be, but I think it's just too it's too up in the air for me, Rob. Like I know someone that had Pogba and Bruno, and obviously he got some nice returns. I think Bruno got eight and Pogba got nine, so it's too risky for me at the moment. I'd have to wait to see what Oli does over the next two or three game weeks. And I think I need to also see when McTominay comes back or is Van der Beek going to get a game? Because if Van der Beek suddenly emerges as an option for Manchester United midfield, then I'm looking at Paul Pogba and thinking, right, he can play off the left. And, uh, you know, I think you might see Sancho more off the right. So it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, look, what is the, what's the biggest pro of putting Paul Pogba in your team? It's about differentials. So like you just saying there about, you know, who would you kind of plump for? And most people who are going for Manchester United players, of course, are going for Ronaldo and Bruno. So that they're kind of the obvious ones. What's the issue with taking those players and kind of passing on a Paul Pogba or maybe bringing Paul Pogba in as one of those two? So you lose one of Ronaldo or Bruno. The big differential is, is that if you save yourself three to five million by doing that and then use that five million to go and buy Romelu Lukaku. Who's laughing here? You know, this is the way to play FPL. It's about balance. It's about looking. So again, I kind of said it a few weeks ago and someone went, this isn't real football, Rob. You know, this is fancy football. It's dream stuff. So you go and buy dream players. Well, yes, that's that's also kind of true. But you've got to manage your bank balance. And Paul Pogba allows you to do that. You know, a player under 8 million who has seven assists already this season tells you that, you know, you could be on something big there for the season. If Pogba plays further up the pitch, he's going to carry on getting assists. He's going to be important. He'll get man in a match awards all of these things amass you points and that means then that you could probably overlook bruno so bruno's got the same points as paul pogba but it's worth a lot more money and this is what we saw with bruno last year was that bruno was cheaper than a lot of his equivalents and he was still getting the same points as say the likes of sun maybe that 10 million band of player 9 million and bruno was bringing home you know everything you know every week big pools big halls here I think with Paul Pogba, he could be a differential. And I think Mason as well. I think when you look at that, you know, Mason Grimm has been brilliant at the start of the season. Um, he's basically a forward. He's a striker. He's not midfielder. Yeah, he's he's, he's going sc- to operate around the box. He'll get you the odd assist. He'll definitely score goals. And he's kind of cheap. You know, he's not quite budget, but he's almost close to the budget. Almost too much to say no to him. Um, I've gone for other players. Again, I'll show that in my great game week five team. That's why I'm not so hot at Man United. I think when you look at United playing West Ham, West Ham, I think, are going to give them a game. I think that's going to be really, really difficult. And I think it will be hard to kind of then justify bringing in United players to kind of burn other players. And that's the way of kind of thinking about it as it stands. Rob, we're going to have a look at your game week five team. um, So I think it's Mm. a nice little segue into it. And um, on the right, obviously, we've got your full squad. So, you know, you've had, uh, well, you've got Antonio really out. That's it. To be honest, you've brought in Kovacic. You've gone double up on City as well against Southampton. I think that's a really good fixture um, for those two City players, especially for Antares. Let's look over on the left-hand side. And you've doubled up. I want to ask, though, Rob, obviously, they're playing Tottenham. And Chelsea, probably for me right now, are the best side in the league, I would say. Um I think City just haven't really hit their gear yet. But you're looking at Kovacic and Lukaku against Tottenham. Tottenham under Nuno are are difficult to score against. They are difficult to break down. So 
do you not think maybe I know you're saying obviously Kovacic is getting some into some really good positions. He's playing as more of a number eight, you know, getting forward. But is it a risk as well? Because I can't see that game having more than you know the team that winning more than one nil. You know, maybe two one or one or one nil. How many goals did Tottenham ship in their last match, and who do they play? Yeah, okay, Spurs. But look at the other three games. Right. This is how you play FPL. So the first three games of the season, they won one nil, one nil, one nil, went top of the league. But you could see that they were functional. They weren't playing great football. And obviously, if you were bought into someone like Dyer or uh, any of those, you know, Tanganga, those kind of players, 4.5 million, 4.4, you were getting a really nice return. When you look at their run of fixtures, they're okay, not particularly hot. But when I look at Chelsea, do I think that Chelsea are significantly better than Tottenham Hotspur, whether they're away or home? The answer to that is yes. I think Chelsea probably twice as good as Tottenham. So I don't look at Spurs as maybe as the Spurs from years gone by where they were they were challenging. And this is what makes Harry Kane a bit of a problem. So Harry Kane will obviously still score goals this season. But will he get maybe the assists that they are? Are they going to be as creative as previous seasons like under Pochettino and even Mourinho? I don't look at Nuno and think to myself that that Tottenham team is worth buying into. Hence, why you look at all of my team, I have not got one Tottenham player. So I look at that game, obviously Spurs being the home side, that, that yes, they might have a little bit of an edge in some people's minds. But I think Chelsea are just going to be way too good for them. So I'm not, you know, some people always said, oh, you know, it's a big game, London derby, should you play Lukaku? Absolutely play Lukaku. Lukaku is going to score goals in pretty much every game. So I'm confident of that. So it's a double up bringing in uh, Kovacic. And I think that at 5 million, that is a gamble I'm willing to take because next week, if that gamble didn't work, I'm bringing Antonio back into my team. Kovacic for 5 million goes and sits on my bench. Liveramento sits on my bench and got six points last week for 4 million. And as you said, Simicast there is a player that I can then burn, get rid of, and maybe bring in a Brandon Williams. So I always look over the two or three game weeks. I never just decide on that one game week. I always look forward and project. You're right. Chelsea are going to be one of the title favourites this year. Um, you know, I'll talk more about the makeup of my squad there because I think it's quite important about there are tips within that with what you can see. But I still think that Manchester City are your hub. They're the team. They're Cancelo, Torres and Gundogan. Probably I won't change all season. I'll probably keep them and nothing happens with injuries. Chelsea, I'm going to double up there. They're going to be my two players. I might even bring in a defender in weeks ahead from Chelsea if I can afford it. And then the rest of it is all about how do you make the budget work. And let's I let's like, talk about the 1.6 like million, Rob, in the, in the bank. Because you've, you've still got Salah, Cancelo and okay. Lukaku. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. So this is, this is, this squad is a top 1% squad in FPL. This team is, is in the top 150,000, top 200,000 in the 8 million teams in FPL. And I've got 1.6 million pound in my pocket. Now, why have I done that? Because I'm showing here that you don't need to spend every penny to perform. And this is another mistake that all FPL managers make. They use every penny up and then when it goes wrong, they can't change it. So what do they do, Haydar? they burn their wild card or they burn points. That's what I'm doing. So that's what you're doing. So we'll talk about your team a little bit in a minute. Um, but that is a, that is a big issue. The big issue that everyone does is that you feel, you know, with one hour to go, it's a Saturday and it's 11 p.m., 11 a.m. is coming and you, you don't know what to do. And you just go boom, boom, boom. You burn eight to 12 points and your team misperforms because you're not really thought about it. So 
the, the managers that think about it and strategize and get there are the ones who who get up the, the bigger table in the whole of FPL and that 8 million teams. Just looking at my balance here, you can see, looking at it from goalkeeper to defender to midfield to attack, I've got two uh, goalkeepers who I can rotate comfortably. They're both starters. They're always going to start. Leicester are a team that can keep clean sheets. But Schmeichel, I'm not massively hot on him. At £5 million, I might swap him out for a £4.5 million goalkeeper to get that extra £5.5 in my pocket later on. But I'll wait on that. My back five, Simicast, £4 million, Marcel, £4.5 million, Livermanto, one, uh, £4.1 are pure budget. Now, Timakas had big returns early on, but he's not going to do it from now. So I've only got two premiums in there, Cancelo and Cresswell. Then my midfield, we've seen that now with Kovacic bringing him in. Dallas is relatively budget at 5.4. Salah, Gundogan was amazing last year. And Ferran Torres is the player that everyone slept on because they thought, well, why, why pick him? He's Manchester City's number nine and they're the champions. So he's going to play. And then up top, I think it's easy. I think Ings, Lukaku and Antonio are the three best kind of mix for, for the strikers. Yes, some people will want Ronaldo, but I think they want Ronaldo for the Viva Ronaldo-ness of it, you know, because it's Ronaldo. And when he scores, I want to feel good about it. I don't think that. I'm quite happy if Danny Ings scores in my team because I just want the points for this game. I'd rather Ronaldo, of course, score a hat-trick every week. But that's cool. That's a, that's a different Manchester United thing. So I think when you look at the balance of that, 1.6 million in my pocket. It means that if anything goes wrong, like for instance, I don't know, say Lukaku breaks his leg tomorrow, that means I could buy Ronaldo as his replacement like that without thinking. And that's why I keep a little bit of money back. You know, look after the pennies to look after the pounds. I've said it before. It's about balance and it's not about using every penny. Hold on to some money and it's always better to hold that money than burn a transfer for four points. Because as I said, if you lose your league at the end of the season by four points, you're going to remember all those times where you just burned transfers. And let's be honest, people do win their leagues by under 10 points. I've, it happened to me one year. I think yeah. I won my league by 26 points. And it was because all the teams behind me burned transfers week after week after week. And I won it by 26 points. So it, it can be that close. Let's finish off, Rob, with uh, Salah as captain. Just a couple, yeah. you know, a couple, maybe 30 seconds. Why I, Salah? Um, because Salah is just doing Salah things. So if you're going to have him in your team, you might as well captain him. And I think I think there's a balance there about the opponent. So Salah are playing Crystal Palace. Now, Crystal Palace had a really good result against Tottenham, 3-0. Um, Vieira wants to play more progressive football. That's obvious from what they're trying to do. However, I still don't think they're defensively that sound. I like what I've seen from Liverpool. When I say like, only in FPL terms, not in Manchester United terms. But I see that Liverpool look a little bit like they were 24 months ago. Salah is playing in pure attacking areas. They're getting the ball to him. He's score, scoring points and scoring goals. He looks threatening. And, and it's a real toss-up between Salah and Lukaku. I think Lukaku will score against Tottenham. But I think Salah is more likely to get two or three even against Crystal Palace. So that's the only reason why I've done that. The other person that you could have bring into that is Ferran Torres. Didn't have a particularly good game last week, but still at his price range of around £7 million. Happy to have him on my team. And he might be the player this week that gets a hat-trick against a poor Southampton team. So there's lots of scope there for players to get points for me, but I'm probably going to always lean on the premium and it will be Salah or Lukaku once every week. And I will do that on whoever the opponent is. 
Yeah, I feel like this year, you know, there are actually a lot of captain's options, Rob, to be honest. And, you know, yeah. in years gone by, we, I mean, there's so many you could you could go, like, obviously, with Ronaldo last week, Bruno's performing, uh, has scored points this season. You've got Salah, you've got Lukaku, Ferran also is an option. So there's so many captain's options this year. So I think that's another key area as well. You know, I know it's a bit of a punt, isn't it? You put your put your cards on the player. But it's always know. a pun. It's like with, 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 it's always a pun, and it's always more about there about looking at the opponent. So I feel better about Crystal Palace than I do Tottenham, even though I just obviously completely slated Tottenham Hotspur. But I still look at that, and I think to myself, at home against Palace, I should be leaning towards Salah just purely out of common sense. I should look at that and say he gets crazy returns and whether I want Liverpool to win or not is a totally different question of course I don't want them to win but they do win and Salah does get points and I think Lukaku is more than a good to say vice captain to say if Salah stubs his toe in the warm-up then I'm quite happy that Lukaku is going to be my captain because I think that he might score goals as well yeah absolutely look guys thanks so much for all your questions thanks for your comments and uh, obviously listen to Rob because I've not been doing that or I've not been watching the, the show properly and I've not been taking my own advice the, the show he's on, the show he's actually on, he's not watching it. That's not good. <laughs> no, that's not good. no I, I do, I do, I do. Obviously, I'm here and I'm present, but yeah, I need to, I need to get my act together. So this is a big, big game week for me. I'm only yeah. going to make one transfer, I think, this week. Well, that's what I was going to do anyway. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look at the pieces. I think game week seven is where I'll use my wild card. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But look, Rob, thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for all your comments, and we will see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.